Guys from Podcast, just two guys answering the internet's questions. I'm Sean Cordingly. And I'm Jeremy Berkeley. Today's question is our top ten board games of all time, and this is from Chris. Yes, it is. Now, Chris asked for this to be a topic, I think, at the end of 2015. Cool. <laughs> and we never got to it, <laughs> because Dave's list is... Stuff that I've taught him to play. Okay, yeah. And Monopoly and such. Yeah. The the mass market standards. Standards, Milton Bradley. Yep. And that wouldn't have been as interesting. Yeah. And then Chris got back in touch after hearing Jeremy's first guest spot where we talked about all of the geeky things that we could now talk about. And (laughs) he was like, so, uh, that board game thing. Hey? I mean, thanks for listening for... Two years. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for waiting. (laughs) I had it in my book forever, so it's not. I didn't forget. It's just we needed some Jeremy for this. Sean was using bide. Yes. So this is going to be a heck of a lot of damage coming out. He's absorbed a lot. Yeah. (laughs) I have. I have been waiting for so long. (laughs) We're gonna do the standard top ten thing. This is Jeremy's first. The guys from top ten. Ooh, a list. Lists. His podcast never seems to do lists. We never do. No. Yeah. Uh, if you're, this is your first Jeremy podcast. Hey. Hi, I'm Jeremy. He's here for gaming stuff and geeky stuff and to fill in when Dave's just not quite able to have a conversation. Yeah. And we're gonna do more of that. Supplements. Exactly. Go to the Popeye store. <laughs> <laughs> What's your first honorable mention? Uh, my first honorable mention is Forbidden Desert. Okay, sure. Uh, I really like the game, uh, but it's not for everybody, and the difficulty curve is not the most even. No, it is not. Yeah. So, But it is a definite step up. I don't want to say step up over Forbidden Island, but there's so much more to do in it. Forbidden Island feels so vanilla. Yeah, well, I don't know if you know the story behind it, but Forbidden Island is basically the beta for Forbidden Desert. Oh, okay. Um, bas- basically, he made that and got a bunch of feedback and was like, I'll make a better version of that game. And thus, Forbidden Desert. But Forbidden Island is great for younger kids. It is. Like a great yeah. co-op for where it's very simple. Yeah. Where it's just, do this, go here, do this. Also, I, re- I really like the scattered lore around Forbidden Desert. Okay. I love really role-playing my role. (laughs) Sure. Just being super into it. This is a theme for me. When I'm playing a game that only has very scattered lore, but gives me a specific character, I'll role-play that. I once played a game of Risk where I started in Japan and role-played Japan the entire game. Great. Yeah. (laughs) That's a stretch in Risk. It is. (laughs) That is a big stretch It was also super racist. So probably, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, there's only so much material that you can do before you gotta fall back on stereotypes. Unfortunately, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. cool. Not uh, on air. And my second honorable mention is cribbage, because okay. I love me a good game of cribbage. And it's borderline board game. Yeah, it's sort of board game. Because there is a board. Yeah, there's boards and there's pegs and there's cards. Yeah, all components of a board game. Yes. But it's so a card game where you're just keeping... You don't need the board. And this is the only reason Crib isn't on my list, because it definitely would be. I just... I didn't consider it, because I thought, if I didn't have a Crib board, I could still play Crib. Yeah. Yeah, you could. Piece of paper. Yep. Up to 150. 
that's it. Yeah. What about you, Sean? Uh, my first one, and what I've done for my honorable mentions, is I have used this as the games I play the most on my iPad mm. versus the stuff that I either own or go places to play. Uh, the first one I have to mention is Ticket to Ride. Yeah. Because Ticket to Ride on iPad is fantastic. I own all the maps but one. Hmm. They always have a sale. Like, hey, man, do you want the Germany map for 99 cents? Yes. Yeah. That's cool. I played Ticket to Ride, and I didn't enjoy it that much as a board game, but maybe I'd like it more on, on like, a tablet. I like the fact that I don't have to think about scoring. I don't have to think about it. It's just set collection and planning routes. Yeah. So if I'm waiting for a work call or I'm even on a conference call or something yeah. where I don't need to be fully attentive to it, yeah. it's like, okay, I can just play a quick round of Ticket to Ride and I don't have to think about it. I do like how many songs you can sing while playing Ticket to Ride, though. Yeah. I mean, first of all, there's Ticket to Ride. Of course. Oklahoma's on the main map, so you can sing Oklahoma. Yeah. There's, uh, Boston's on there. Yes, it is. So you can sing some Boston songs. Chicago. Yeah. It's a great musical game. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> On the iPad as well, there is a bit of a soundtrack to it. Oh, cool. And the Swiss map is yodeling, and it makes me so happy. That's awesome. I, I've i played I so ask, much if more. If I remember, I might ask you to show me that later. Yeah. I, <laughs> you, later? <laughs> That's pretty great. Yodeling. <laughs> I don't want to oversell it. It's not a lot of yodeling. It's no. a polka. Yeah. Uh, polka's so much fun, though. But it does hit you with some yodeling. And that first time I heard the yodel, I'm just like, done. New, fa- new favorite map. Playing this map all the time. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Nope. So that's your first honorable mention. What's your yes. second? Star Realms. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've played that. Uh, I like deck builders. And some deck builders you almost need an app for. Yeah. Some are okay, and I've got a couple on my list that are coming where it's mm-hmm. like, I don't have to shuffle too much. But Star Realms, whew, yeah. there is a ton of shuffling in there. I have Star Realms on my phone. Yep. And also Cthulhu Realms, because there's, there's an optimal strategy in Star Realms. There is. Yeah. I know. It's still fun, though. It is fun. It is fun. I just got bored after a while and was like, oh, download Cthulhu Realms. And uh, that that will allow me to see if there's other strategies. And are there? Sort of. It is a different game, and it's a lot less clearly demarked. Okay. So it's like, okay, there's a few more complex things going on, and there's, like, you can you can shift off cards at any time, basically, you want. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, there's a couple of extra mechanics, which are interesting, but the, the math isn't as good as Star Realms. Gotcha. Yeah. But Star Realms does have the, okay, well, I'm going to do this because there's the card. Yep. Yeah. Time to blob rush. Yep. Blob rush. Yep. It's like, oh, okay. I need a couple reds to remove stuff from my deck, and then I just go for card draw. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. Yeah. But it's still fun. It is fun. Uh, but I don't know that I would ever want a hard copy. Same as with Ticket to Ride, and that's why they're on here. They're just... Just, uh, Star Realms is just a card pack. Yeah, but at the same... Just going through the process oh, of, yeah, like, yeah. here's the eight cards, okay. The big thing, I, I think, with Star Realms is, because I have played with the physical version as well, is that by the end, like you have to make sure you shuffle that deck so well. Yeah. Because the cards are just going to... It's the same cards every game. Yep. Which is the problem with most deck builders, I guess. But I some mitigate that better. I have a deck builder on better. my list that solves that problem. 
I think I do as well. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, great. Number 10. Number 10. Uh, so number 10 for me is the Penny Arcade deck building game. Okay. Um, I also play that on my iPad. Yeah, uh, I really enjoy it. Uh, I have the expansions Okay. for it. Um, mostly I just really enjoy... I enjoy it because, one, I do enjoy creating a deck engine. Yep. Uh, and deck building games. But what I really like about the Penny Arcade game uh, is, one, there's a lot of good humor in it. And there are cards that, honestly, I, I would never buy. But I still appreciate them when they're in the game. Yeah. Right? Like, there's a bunch of ones that... I think there's one that's about high fives. And it's just you high five another player and you both get to draw a card. I like that sort of interaction. It's it it's makes, also a little meta. Yeah, right. It makes it fun. Yeah. In terms of the social experience of it, and the other thing I really like about it is you only use, I think, maximum thirteen uh, cards, and there's about twenty six, twenty seven once you've got the expansion. So in terms of doing setups and stuff, very very different. And it varies, and it makes the games yeah broader. It does. I mean, there's sometimes where you look at the outlook of the randomized cards you've drawn, and you're like, there's no deck removal or draw. <laughs> and then you're like, we should redraw these cards. Probably a good idea. Um, because it just slows down way too much. But in terms of a really good social deck building game, and, and also one that you can play with just about anybody, Yeah. Uh, because you don't have really, really complex mechanics. No. Um, it, it's, a, it's a great starter game for people in deck building that I feel. And it's also yep. lighthearted enough that I feel like you can play it even if you've had sort of a heavy day. Yep. And it's weirdly sassy. Yeah, it is sassy. So it, you don't have to yeah. you don't have to think about it too much. It's not dark. It's not anything. You yeah. could introduce it to anyone who's into almost anything geeky. Yeah. And be like, Basically, here you go. The only thing you have to worry about is someone is very proper. Yeah. You don't want uh-huh. you don't want somebody their first experience playing the game that sort of game, if they're really proper, to be you playing a scrotum engine. That's true. That's uh, that's a no-no. Yeah. <laughs> but scrotum engine, scrotum. effective. It is effective. So is the pickle finder engine. Yep. Is it a pickle? Yes, it is. <laughs> that Now that's efficiency. That's efficiency. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Sean? What are you at for your, for your number 10? My number 10 is Star Wars The X-Wing Miniatures game. I, okay. I love it. It is probably the only miniatures game I've ever gotten into. Oh, yeah. Because it was pre-painted mm. and a very easy move and fight mechanic, a very, very easy targeting mechanic. It's not as fussy as a lot of miniature games are. Mm-hmm. But I don't have a big enough table to play it. Ah. Um, I have... Essentially, the setup I have in my place is... An old school steamer trunk. Yep. With a what used to be a shelf glued into a tabletop. It is just large enough for a four to five ship fight. Yeah. Barely. Barely. Yeah. So I just I need more space, and I'm sure this will go higher up my list. I will buy more ships. The ships always sit in my living room. Yep. But it just I love it, but to play it more. See, this, there are no miniature games on mine. Okay. And that's because, same thing as you, I don't want to paint a bunch of miniatures. No. I don't want a bunch of really complex mechanics. Nope. I don't want to have to 
do tons of storage space dedicated to the game. That is that is one problem. Yeah, and yeah. I, I don't really want to have to keep updating my miniatures all the time. I love miniatures. I think they look super cool. Anytime I play a role-playing game and miniatures are a thing in the game, I get one for my character. Yep. But the for in terms of... I feel like if I was going to play a miniature game, that's the only board game I would play because of how much I feel I would have to invest into it. That's fair. Yeah. Because I think the, the initial buy-in for my set of X-Men miniatures was about 110. Yeah. And that got me enough to play a, a fairly good two-person game mm-hmm. with a bit of balance to it. But there is no way I'm doing like social or X-Wing meetups or none of that sort of stuff because I don't have a fleet. I, yeah. I don't have squads and squads of fighters. Yeah. I've got six yeah. and a Millennium Falcon somewhere that I think got appropriated to be somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah. But I do love the game. And the simple move mechanics, simple firing mechanics, simple targeting, simple aim, all of that. It just, it worked out real well. I mean, if I was going to play a miniature game, you'd have to sell me that it was streamlined. And that sounds like it is. This this one definitely is. Yeah. And if you like the Star Wars theme. Yeah, if you like the, if you like Star Wars. Yep. Because they also did a D&D one where you're flying dragons, and they also did a Star Trek one. But oh. I'm a Wars guy, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although dragons... Do you love dragons? The thing was, is they added a ground troop mechanic to it, so there was you could also fire at them, and I just thought, mm, yeah, it no. feels like you're complicating, and plus the dragon molds. The X-Wing molds aren't huge. Yeah, yeah. I'd basically keep them all on a little stool, and they sit on a speaker. But the dragons, where Dra- are you going to put them? Yeah, I guess that's true. You sold me on Star Wars. Ta-da! <laughs> really hard sell. Yeah. <laughs> Number nine. Number nine. Uh, number nine for me is a game probably not very many people have heard about. Okay. It's a game called Stock Ticker. Nope. Yeah. Uh, so Stock Ticker is a game in which you try to play the market, and the way you win is by having the most money by the end. Uh, and I can't remember. I haven't played it since I was a teenager because I've only ever come across one copy. Okay. And it was My Backdoor Neighbors. Ooh. Yeah. We uh, also, full disclosure, I had never heard of this game, yeah. and Jeremy's like, we could look for it, so I went to BoardGameGeek.com, which, if you're into hobby board gaming and you are not on the Geek, you really should check it out. It is a one-stop resource for almost anything reviews, you can need. information, where you can buy them, if video reviews, how to plays, yeah. <laughs> strategies, if you want strategies, variants, yep. everything. Yeah, uh, so basically the gameplay loop of Stock Ticker is you have some paper money. Right. You roll some dice. On one of the dice, it's going to tell you what commodity is going to move. Okay. Oil, wheat, gold, silver, the industrial sector. Sure, commodities. Yeah. Um, and the next one is going to tell you if it's going up or down. And the third die tells you how much it goes up or down. Ooh. Yeah. So it can go up 10 points, 20 points, or 30 points. Okay. If it's above the dividend line, it earns you more money every single turn. You can also, so you, then you, after you roll, you can buy or sell stocks. So you can switch things around. It's great fun. And it's especially great fun when you play with people who 
immediately like, no, industrial's my jam. I'm going to support the industrial sector. <laughs> and just, like, go heavy into it. And you get... you. Uh, the thing I like about it is you get this heavy sort of drama between okay. people and their investments in these really simple tracks. Yeah. Um, and it feels so good when you get a 30-plus on your big in. Ooh. Right? I, I would imagine. Th- well, if, this... this- if, Okay. If you reach the top of a track, your stock amount doubles and it goes back down to the dividend line. So it splits. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's great and it's also great because you can get people who think board games are childish and not about adult things to play it. Because they're like, oh yeah, stock market, that's cool. Well, and that sounds like a, a pure and at the same time somewhat simple to teach especially oh, very, stock market game. Yeah, very, very simple. Very very simple, and it's 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 honestly, it is all luck based, but it's more about playing, what's happening and the people, yeah. Than it is about the actual game itself, and the best part is you can just be like, we're gonna play this for a half an hour, or we're gonna play this for an hour, or we're gonna do these this many turns, or you can follow the rule book and say play however long it says to play. Oh okay. Right, so, um, I think it's it's a game that you could marathon. Like if you wanted to, if you wanted to do a week long game of stock ticker, you could, Oof. and it would be bananas. Yeah, um, I feel like that would be excessive. It would be excessive, <laughs> considering how simple that sounds. It is, but I mean, there's no. What I'm saying is, there's no limit on it. Yeah, and I also really like it because now that I'm older, and Sean and I have done this with multiple games, is sometimes you come over and you're like, I want to play this game, but let's change it. Yep. And it's it is simple enough that you can change it. Or let's say you want to theme it differently. Go for sure. it. Very easy. Um, so you can it, it's a game that in my mind is very customizable. It's very fun to play. It's very simple to play. It can be epic, it can be short. And it's also impossible to find. Yep. So that's going, my number nine. Going back to that story that I started before you started the description, yeah. we uh, went on Board Game Geek and also my favorite board game store, no copies. Board Game Geek also has a marketplace. Had one copy once. eBay, nothing. Yeah. One copy. It was $50, and it was a bilingual Canadian reprint. Yes. And that was that was a previous listing. That yeah. had already been sold at $50, which means you can't even get that one. Yep. It was originally published, I think it said, 1937. 37. 37. 1937. So it's an old one. Oldie but a goodie. Yeah. There you go. It's probably as obscure as I'm going to get. I think so. <laughs> Unless somebody who's listening isn't into hobby board games, in which case we've That's... been obscure the whole time. Well, we said cribbage. Well, yeah, okay. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. yeah. Smash Up. Sm- yeah. Is that's, that your number that's nine? my number nine. Cool. Smash Up. Yeah, it's a fun game. Yeah. Yeah. It's light. Yeah. It's silly. It's got a good take that. Four is too many, but I think if you play it with three, it's just the perfect amount. Yeah. yeah. Two is a little light. Uh, essentially what it is is you have two 20-card factions, and the factions range everything from geeks to killer plants to ants to werewolves to vampires. Yeah, so you can be ninja pirates. Yeah. So you take two of those decks, and you smash them up. Whoa! <gasps> Market speak! <laughs> and then you just do what it says on the cards. You yep. play one action, you play one unit, and then you're just trying to take over bases. That's it. Simple to teach. Fun, play. silly, yep. but it's always a good time. Yep. 
Sometimes you can get hosed by the cards, but the game's not so long that you feel stressed about it. Yeah, I have a, I have a game on here that specifically is like, it doesn't. You can you can make bad choices, and it's not going to ruin your entire night. Yeah. Smash Up will not ruin your entire night. It yeah. might ruin forty minute four player game, forty five minutes. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. As long as everybody's engaged. Yeah. Nah, also, I've played it before. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Also, zombie robots. If somebody asks you to pick two decks and you've never played before, take zombie robots. Do it. How are they undead and mechanical? Are they cyborgs? No. They're not. Nope. They're zombie robots. Yeah. <laughs> it's a fun combo. Anyway, that's my number nine. Smash cool. up. Uh, number eight. This is also actually pretty common. Okay. Balderdash. Yeah. Spe- specifically beyond Balderdash. Ah, uh, good call. Yeah. yeah. Um, so for people that don't know the game... Uh, this is a game where you draw a card and everybody lies, and you try and pick out who did what lie. Yep. Um, so it's sort of in the realm of Cards Against Humanity and that sort of thing, but it's the originator. Yeah. Um, I'm, I am I can't think of a, an older game that does that. Um, no, I don't think there is one. And in my mind, where it really shines is, the, is when you have the acronyms, and you get to make up what an acronym is. So there is... The real one is in... So basically, if, if we were playing a game with a bunch of people, yeah. you draw a card, there is the actual answer. There is. Right? Yeah. And then everybody else is making something up. Yeah. The way it would go is, if we were playing with a bunch of people, right. I would draw a card, I would choose the acronym. Yeah. Because that's my favorite. Yep. And I'd be like, all right, what does A-R-O-C stand for? And people would be like, A-Rock, what does A-Rock stand for? Right. We would write it down on a piece of paper, everybody hands it in. I read off the piece of paper and the real answer, and people try to guess, and you get points. See, if somebody guesses your lie, you get points. If you guess the right answer, you get points. Right. Uh, And then it's just a simple track up to whoever reaches, I think, 15 points first. Yeah, I think it's 15. Yeah. Uh, But I really like it because it's a creative game. It is, again, a very social game. Yes, it definitely is. Um, And it can be as serious or silly as you want it to be. For the people who love trivia, it's also great for them because they want to figure out all the time what, what is the real What answer. is A-Rock? And you can learn some interesting things. Yeah. Yeah. Learning. Learning. Isn't it fun? Do you have any educational games? That's about it. <laughs> if Beyond Balderdash is the most educational? Yeah. I mean, Stock Ticker is kind of educational. Yeah, sort of? On a very light level. That's the trick, though, is that educational, like actual educational games? Yeah. Awful. Yeah. Traditionally. There's yeah, well, a couple I mean, that are okay. Trivial Pursuit is even like, I don't like it. I don't like playing it. Manaba Jenga Suit's the way to play Trivial Pursuit. I've still never played that. I know, but it's because we need four different games, <laughs> and none of us own all four of them. This is true. So, yeah. Have I explained that on the pod? I don't know if I've explained that on the I don't think you podcast. have. Uh, essentially... <laughs> At university in the drama undergraduate society, we had a bunch of mass market board games. Um, And during our gigantic breaks, because between classes and rehearsals, you often had to sit around and do nothing. Three, four hours. Yeah. We would occasionally just read the Trivial Pursuit cards and play that. But that's not as fun as it was when somebody brought in a Jenga set. I'm like, okay, how do we turn this into more of a fun game so we took the trivial pursuit board and questions added jenga and the properties and money from monopoly and turned it into monopa jenga suit 
So essentially what you do playing the Game of Kings is you are trying to answer three questions from one category correctly. If you get an answer wrong, you have to go to the Jenga board. Now the the Jenga board, I'm saying Jenga board, but the tower. literally it's a tower, yeah. is never a traditional Jenga tower. Every player builds some sort of abstract sculpture. Yeah. It is then named, entered into the Monopoly Jenga suit table. <laughs> like it has to be in the book yeah. for it is named. And you have to move pieces on that. Yeah. So it could collapse immediately. Yep. If it collapses, you can buy your way back in. Ah. With Monopoly money. With Monopoly money. Gotcha. You start with $1,000. Yeah. And then you can also pay to fight people. You can pay. There's there's a bunch of other rules there as well. But that's the but basis. But the basic idea yeah. is that you're trying to collect the properties that correspond color-wise to the questions in Trivial Pursuit. And if you get them wrong, you have to pull a block and put it back onto the sculpture. There's also a block off. If you land on the same places, you can fight for a property. Ah. And it's three different blocks. Oh, I see. Yeah. That's intense. You could also go for money. There's a free parking money in the center. That's well, the only other way course, to get money. Of course, because that's the best house rule, mon- monopoly rule. Of course. Yeah. So that's the only way you could get money. It's originally seeded with some money, and then yeah. to pay to fight or to have another question or whatever, you can yeah. go to there. Yeah. But if that's the case, everyone else playing gets up, leaves the room, and discusses what they feel would be the hardest question on a single Trivial Pursuit card, and you uh, must get that correct. Gotcha. There's no penalty if you don't. You yeah. don't have to block. So increase difficulty, but you could regen- recoup. Yeah, you, you could literally save yourself if you're concerned about a block off yeah. or blocks Yeah. by purchasing or by going to the middle and getting that extra money. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Neat. So what's your actual number eight? It should be Monopoly Jenga suit, <laughs> but that's three games. So it my is. number eight's Robinson Crusoe. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Which I literally just taught Jeremy and a bunch of the rest of our game group. Yeah. Last month? Yeah, last month. <laughs> I think like three weeks? Yeah. Something like that. So yeah. uh, it is a large, kind of, I wanted to say difficult, but... We destroyed it. We destroyed it in <laughs> ours, but we got pretty lucky. Yeah. And I missed a couple rules. It's a very tricky rule set, mm. but it is a cooperative... Robinson Crusoe. So you're castaways on an island, and it's essentially worker placement. It's worker placement and risk management. Yep, in a cooperative board game with randomized events. Yeah, and there are roles. Yep. You can be an engineer, a cook, explorer, or a soldier. soldier. Yep. Yeah. You have to roll for things. You yeah. roll to try and build stuff, and you need shelter to protect yourself from weather. And There's a lot of systems. Yeah, there's yeah. a ton of systems. Yeah. But it's once you get it, down to where you're playing it without having to check the rule book, the terrible, terrible rule book all the time. It might have been reprinted, actually, since I've gotten it. Yeah. There might be another version that has it, the better rule book in it. But still, yeah, it's awesome. There's a new one coming. Ignacy is making another version of it mm. where he streamlined it down and he set it on Mars. You're the first settlers on Mars. Dope. I am so excited for it. I will play that with you. It is still on pre-order. <laughs> I am waiting for it to be released. I want to hear some of the people who yeah. I care about, like who whose reviews I am closest to personally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I will probably order it because cool. it is a great game. Yeah, let me know. I'll play it with you. Definitely. Yeah. Great. Seven. I just realized I skipped seven on my list. That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
I'll just slide in Seven Wonders. Great. Uh, it's like you planned it. It's like I planned it. Perfect. Uh, <laughs> um, I do really like Seven Wonders. It was close to being an honorable mention for me. Um, I like it because it's a game where it's hard to tell who's winning. Yeah. Um, and also, you don't feel bad if somebody's locking you out of the strategy because it just means that they chose that strategy too. It's not really a... You can do denial in it, but denial is never your main strategy. It can't be. It can't be. Um, I don't mind denial as a strategy in some games. Yeah. But I find in games where it is a viable strategy... Strategy? Meh. Strategy. Um, it's hot. A lot of times it can sort of lock somebody out of the game and ruin their night. Yeah. Well, the uh, nice thing about Seven Wonders as well is it's never that long. No, like, it's it, not. You, yeah. You're not going to... That should never be the only game you play unless you're playing it multiple times. Exactly. So, and I, I also really like it because you can play with like six or seven people and it's not a big Comfortably. Endeavor. It's not huge. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that'll be my pick for seven slash ten, I guess. I guess if you move other stuff down. Sure. Yeah. How did you? This is why you put them in order. This is why you just go one through ten. Well, I made HM. a list of games that I thought would would make it. Right. And I was numbering them off, and I I think I crossed off after. So when I was numbering, I saw the seven and just skipped over. Uh huh. Yeah. That's okay. That's fine. It was right. It was right at the top of of the list, anyways. Great. So everybody who's following along at home, just. Do a couple arrows. Switch things <laughs> They're around. filling out their Jeremy bracket at yeah, home. Yeah, if you're filling out your Jeremy bracket, <laughs> you switch things around a little bit. Sweet. Yeah. What about you, Sean? Where are you at? Uh, number seven for me is Mage Knight, the board game. Oh, I don't know if I've heard of that. Oh, uh, it is. It's a dungeon crawl. Okay. Essentially, set in the Mage Knight. You're kind of familiar with the old Mage Knight RPG? No. It's a, it's a very dark fantasy okay. RPG. Uh, my favorite character Donald in it. Trump is president. Yeah? yeah? Like sort of, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's the best way to describe this? It's a puzzle RPG. Okay. So it's a lot about hand management, and it's sort of a deck builder at the same time. Okay. So you're flexing a deck to kind of construct to be able to combat the monsters that you need to be able to get to the castles you have to. Yeah. And it's all done through cards. Cool. It's the same designer as, I'm pretty sure, Galaxy Trucker? Okay, yeah. Vlada Shivatel. Yeah. Um, it is... How are you on Galaxy Trucker? I'm not a fan. Yeah, me either. This is my favorite Vlada game. Cool. Obviously. Yeah. But <laughs> this is the type of puzzle I like because it is... It has combat. It has... A hex map that is different every yeah, game. Yeah, there's multiple and, moving pieces. And yeah. Things change throughout the game. Yep. Yeah. So it takes all of that sort of concept in it. I play, I traditionally play Arithia, who's a, a blood mage. So uh. the more wounds she takes, if you get the right stuff, you become more powerful and you can use blood as. Gotcha. So what you're damage. saying is you'll play that, I'll play the healer, and I'll just constantly remove your wounds. Oh, there is no healer. No! You'd, you'd have to play like a monastery burning dragon or something. I mean dark. Like <laughs> the goal is to gotcha. just rip through the Gotcha. Just blow it up. Yep, pretty much. Cool. But there's a like a morality system attached to it, so your shopping changes depending on how much the country hates you no, and that, that makes sort sense. of thing. That makes sense, though. So... No, it, it's it's an... stop being able to go to the fancy stores. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. 
It's got spells. It's a little luck heavy for how long it is. And by how long it is, I mean you're probably looking after teaching it to someone two hours a player. Yeah. At least. Mm-hmm. So it's a sit down. Oh, this that's a day game. Yeah. 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 But it's real fun. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. Someday I will teach it to you. Sure. I have endeavored to teach it to a couple of our friends. Yeah. And it is a process. Yeah. Well, I feel like uh, we there's sort of this ring of friends that we have. That are just, they catch on super fast yep. to board game rules. Yep. And then there's the secondary ring, and they're okay. And yeah. then there's the tertiary ring, where we're like, okay. Smash up th- time. Yeah, we're, there's a bunch <laughs> of these games that are off the table, yeah. because it's not going to be fun. <laughs> well, and I specifically bought Mage Knight, because it's one of the best solo games. And one of the best cool. rated solo games. Yeah, yeah. It plays very well solo. Awesome. So I was very... Mm-hmm. Cool with that, but yeah, I have taught it to some in the inner like pickup game rules circle, and yeah. I think our first game took six hours. Yeah, yeah. in two player, but it is—it's a process. You're puzzling stuff out. You're conquering well, areas, especially if there's not a very clear action route. There isn't. Then it takes more time. It's explore and fight, and oh well, I'm gonna need something for this. The best way to get it where I am, I only have four movement, is burning that monastery. But I'll have to fight something that might be stronger. Than, it's a lot of mm-hmm. anyone with analysis paralysis. Don't take them anywhere near Mage Knight. <laughs> yeah, don't do don't it. don't do it. <laughs> but yeah, that is my number seven. Cool. On to number six. Yay! Uh, so number six for me is Gauntlet of Fools. I don't know that I've played that one. Um, well, basically, it so- is sort of similar to Smash Up in a little little bit of ways. Okay. Basically, you uh, have, depending on the number of players, we'll say as a two-player game, you have four characters out. Uh, these characters have different abilities. They have HP. They have armor. They have attack. Um, okay. And basically, the first part of the game is you going around being like, I think... That this person can... Oh, they have a weapon equipped to them. Okay. So it's a separate card. Uh, you can be like, I think that the blacksmith with a great sword can get through this dungeon with one arm tied behind his back. And there are tokens that you bet on that are penalties, basically, for the game. Okay. So if a really powerful combination is on, sometimes it can end up with five or six penalties before a player finally gets it. Right. In which case, it's not so OP anymore. Um, and so there are some really weaker combinations... Hmm. Right, that people won't bet as heavy on them because they don't want them. Right. Um, but basically, you go around in a two-player game. You each get two. In a three or four-player game, you only get one. And then there's a deck of cards, and you flip it over, and you go through a dungeon. And the person who wins, the person that collects the most money, or gets the furthest in the dungeon. That sounds fun. Yeah, it is. It is fun. It's again. It's got a little bit of that like bluff type thing. Yeah. And also. It takes sort of like, oh, this isn't gonna matter to this character. Right. Right? Um, or, okay, I get less gold for beating monsters because of my penalty, but I think I'm gonna go far. That's a penalty you can take. So it's a little bit of risk management. Um, it's also because you have special abilities and counters, and, like some characters can heal and stuff like that. Yeah. There's a lot of micro strategy. Okay. And, like, quick decision-making. Do you have this? I don't, but uh, Danilo does. Ah, okay. Yeah. 
Yeah. Because that sounds like something that would be fun to play on a game day. It is. He's actually brought it a couple times, and it is very... It's quite short. It's quite a short game. Once again, like, you can make a bad choice, and it's not going to ruin... It doesn't ruin your day. It doesn't ruin your night. And there are also some really funny, like, combos. Okay. There's a ninja... I think there's... It's either the ninja or the thief, and there's throwing stars... Right. ...as a weapon, and if you get lucky enough to have that combination, your throwing stars double because you're a ninja. Ah. Yeah, so there's, like, neat combos and idiosyncrasies uh, and it's also nice being like I can do this blindfolded <laughs> um, and and just sort of gets a little Yorkshireman gloaty yeah, yeah. right you, you you raise the stakes artificially because it's fun well, that sounds good yeah and also filler games yeah filler games are nice to have yeah, in between the giants exactly well some a lot of times you'll go and you'll play a big game and you'll be like ah I want to play more but I don't want to play this again yeah and Gauntlet of the Fools fits right in there. It's also a great warm-up game. Oh, I bet. Yeah. yeah. Get a group going. Yeah. Cool. Number six? What about your number six? That was my number six. What's your number six? Pandemic. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's so kind of cliche almost it's, for it's these lists. It's ubiquitous now. It, it really is. Yeah. But I've played it for a decade Mm-hmm. Probably. Mm-hmm. I've had it since the first edition came out. Did you get a reprint? Because I remember I played the first edition with you. Nope. 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 I still have the demon board. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyone who hasn't played Pandemic and is listening to a board game podcast, thanks. Um, well, maybe you'll find a game that you like. Yeah. Yeah. It's essentially you, everyone playing gets a role and you are working as part of the CDC to try and stop outbreaks and epidemics of diseases which are represented by cubes. Yep. The best part of the game is something that's not in the rule book though and that is naming your diseases. Yep. <laughs> yeah. It's fun. Yeah. But it like it's it's a very good game. It's very easy to teach. Yep. It's very easy to run. You got to be okay with sort of the table playing your character though. Yep. That's something that happens a lot in Pandemic. If you want to be in control of your own shit all the time, Pandemic's probably not the cooperative game for you. No, it is not. Because it is a very, like, the table plays the game. Yeah. And uses the thing. Because it is so puzzly. Yeah. Somebody, Jeremy and I have played this a number of times. Yeah. And we've played with our friend Sam, mm-hmm. and I think it was just the three of us? Or uh, We've played with Danilo as well. we played with Danilo as well. Yeah. And <laughs> we... It almost doesn't matter whose turn it is because everyone is thinking six turns ahead. Yeah. Based on this, where Jeremy would be like, okay, or I would be like, okay, if I do this, I can get Jeremy's character to here before this happens as long as we don't draw this card. Yeah, and I'll be like, ooh, but I have this combo of cards, so it's actually better for me to be here. Okay, fine. <laughs> so then, and then Danilo would be like, well, if I go here this will be a better turn ratio for what we're getting done. Yeah. Like, okay. That's, and then, so that's what Pandemic turns into with a bunch of gamers like that. Yeah. Yeah. But if you're just looking for something good, light, fun, this is one of probably the best and easiest to get games Yeah, uh, and for be- that. Because it's cooperative and it has a sliding difficulty scale, you can play it at a lower difficulty scale with people who are not gamers who yep. you're trying to get into stuff. Yes. Um, and it's, Soul crushing when you lose, but when they do finally beat it with you, it feels so good. It feels so good, and they will come back for more. Yeah. Did we ever beat my pandemic? We did once. Once. We beat it once. Okay. Good. Sean's board is notorious for just having the worst combination every time. Oh, yeah. 
and nobody believes it until they play it yeah. with us. Because I remember Sam sitting down, and be like, "It's pandemic. We'll figure it out. Look at who's playing." I'm like, yeah. uh huh, uh huh, great. We played three games, and I don't think we got. We didn't. No, we didn't. Did we get one cure? Maybe I think, two? I think we cured one disease once. Once. <laughs> Just no. I think it was the red poo. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway. It's hot. Do you want to take a break? Yeah, let's open that window. Awesome. So our second half will be brought to you in part by Gobblebane. Hey, Jeremy, when was the last time you were attacked by goblins coming to my place? Man, yeah, I bet that happens once every two times. That's all thanks to Gobblebane, available exclusively through Gill and More Associates. Refreshing anti-goblin sprays come in many dynamic scents, including Blood of the Fallen, Essence of Protection, and Loganberry. Gobblebane. Banish those goblins today. And we're back. Woo! My number five selection for my top ten board games. Right. Is Takedo. Hey! Yeah, uh, so I feel like Takedo is a little bit more obscure, uh, just because it's not easily found in stores. Yes. That um, you basically, you have to almost go to a hobby store, but mm-hmm. I do know Takedo is on for a very acceptable price on Amazon. Yeah. So it's it's more accessible than some of what we're talking about. It is. But. And it does sort of feel fill a different niche that I haven't really talked about yet. Yeah. And that is, it is a beautiful artwork game. Yep. And... Though it is competitive, I feel like it's more of that cheeky competitiveness that is more fun than direct opposition. Yeah. Uh, it is essentially an asset management game. But your asset is time. Yep. The goal of the game is for your character to have the best vacation ever. in Japan. The best vacation ever. Uh, the characters all have special abilities. There are lots of different strategies to pursue. Yep. Um Denial doesn't actually help you that much. Not really. No, you can deny somebody, but if you deny somebody, you're denying yourself something else. Except in food. Except in food. The The only real place where you can run a denial is on food. Yeah. yeah. But even then, you, you're still helping yourself by doing it. It makes yeah. sense. Yeah. There's, there's no, like... There's no moves to super spite somebody. No. Sometimes there's a move where you're like, yeah, I'm going to do this because otherwise you get it. It might not be great for me, but it's way better for you. Yeah. Um, and that's very clear. It's not like... And you can't really pile on to one person. No. It's really it's hard impo- to do. Almost impossible. Yeah. So uh, I really like it. It's got great balance. The artwork and sort of tone of the whole game really just set up a really calm, pleasant experience. It's watercolor. Yeah. Like, it's soft yeah, it's, and pretty. It's beautiful. Yeah. Um, it has rules for less players. It has rules for more players. If you get really bored, you can change the direction you play on the board. Yep. Uh, it's got, similar to Ticket to Ride and other games like it, a point system where at the end of the game there's extra scoring. Yep. Uh, and a bit of set collection as well. A little bit of set collection. Yep. It's it's a really enjoyable game and a very calm game, and that is one of the reasons I really love it. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. It's about an hour yeah, I depending mean, on player number, obviously. On, but well, also player type. Yeah. I mean, if, when you, you and I are playing, we'll be like, I move here, I move here, I move here, I move here. We'll be done in 20, 25 minutes. Yeah. Right? 
with, I don't know, maybe somebody less planning decisive-wise. Oh, do I want a hot tub or hot springs or do I want to yeah. sit? Uh, when I go, go to there. meet a person, I draw three cards yeah. and I can choose one. So the, it, it can sort of be padded out. But again, the when you play Takedo, you're playing to have a calm experience. Yep. Not a frenetic one. So generally, even playing with somebody who sort of has that decision paralysis yeah doesn't bother me as much in the game no and because it is so zen yep yeah cool my number five is marvel dice masters ooh tell me more about these masters of dice have i not marvel me you haven't really you haven't take magic the gathering okay and insert marvel characters okay and instead of a deck you are building a dice pool okay and you are rolling the dice you draw a dice out of a bag and you roll them, and that gives you your character actions and Is there a energy. blue color? Uh, you can run tempo, but it's very, very hard. Excellent. <laughs> this is this is like if two... Is it mostly red? It's mostly aggro. Yeah. <laughs> this is all the about The best way to play people. magic. <laughs> For me anyways, I'm very like, I'll just play goblins. Yeah, but you know, you have played your wizard school game with me. I you have. know I am churn I know and you tempo. Are. I know you are. <laughs> but when it comes to magic, I actually prefer green heavy decks. I yeah. like big creatures. Yeah, yeah. Feels good when you get them out. Yeah, yeah. it really does. When you smash. Sean smash. Sean smash. <laughs> anyway, so Marvel Dice Masters, it's a collectible game. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's basically, it's based around the Avengers. The first set that I bought is based around the Avengers versus X-Men set. Mm. And it is. It's a dice pool building. So it's like a deck builder with dice combined with magic. Cool. And it plays super fast. You can run it through draft or you can just look through stuff. Yeah. That sounds I, fun. I really enjoy that game. Sounds like a game that we're going to have to play. Yeah, I guess I'm going to have... I thought I had taught it to you. Nope. You're forgetting there was like... There was a section in university yep. where... We saw each other all the time. All the time. Played all the time. Yeah. And then I was taking contracts out of town. You got really busy with work. And yeah. And I moved around. So there's there's a chunk of like five years where we didn't play that much. No. Barely saw each other. Yeah. <laughs> so there's, there's some, some there's, games. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, so that is, that is my number five. There's also uh, Dungeons & Dragons Dice Masters. There's a DC Dice Masters. And there's a Yu-Gi-Oh! as well. <laughs> Ah. Oh, Yu-Gi-Oh. Yu-Gi-Oh holds a special place in my heart, Sean. There you go. <laughs> Best part, you could, if you wanted, combine all of them together. Do they have different mechanics? Yep, they do. Cool. But I went, Marvel was the first one, and it's the one I got into, and it... Yeah. Because it is collectible, you're basically, like with Magic, you are buying cards. Oh, yeah. And you get two cards and two dice, so... But what's super nice is one of those packages is a buck. Oh, that's super cheap. No, like I buy gravity feeds with that have eighty for seventy seven dollars. Dope. And then I'm just like, I'm gonna bu- open a bunch of these, and you usually get an ultra rare, like the yeah. rarest card possible yeah. in one gravity feed. There's usually one. Cool. So you almost well, always get that. Well, the next time you do that, Sean, you should invite me over, <laughs> and, we and we'll open, open up a bunch. Yeah. Because I love opening cards. Oh, and it's so fun. And yeah. The dice, and they're all custom dice. Nice. All in the character colors. Cool. When we're done this, I have a feeling I might be showing. <laughs> Adventure. Number four. Number four. 
Pathfinder Adventure Card Game. Yes, it is, because that's also my number four. <laughs> yeah, and we actually came at this from different ways. Yes. So Sean uh, owns the Rise of the Rune Lords base set. Yep, complete with the... Oh, I have all of the stories and one of the promo packs. Yes. Yeah. Because um, the one of the promo packs came as a special deal from my board game guy. Because yeah. he's like, you've bought all of this. Here's a promo pack. I'm like, yes. 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 Excellent. Uh, and we actually haven't played it together. No, weirdly enough. Yeah. Um, but I did start playing it with the physical copy. Right. But my game sort of fell apart. Yeah. So I ended up picking it up on tablet. And it's really reasonable price-wise. Cool. Um, to do it. You can actually play it for free. Hey. And you earn coins and can actually use that to expand the game. But the free version's like two characters and the first adventure. Gotcha. So you'd have to grind a lot to expand it, but you can play... Play hey. Sandpoint again. Yeah. Play Sandpoint again. Yeah. yeah. Well, the, it also has a sort of like randomized thing. Oh, that's nice. But I think they're removing that from the game so they can focus on getting more playsets out. Ah, gotcha. Um, they just finished getting like the full Rise of the Rune Lords out. Okay. About like two months ago, I think. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. 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 So it's it's running a little bit behind. And I've been done for two years. Right. I think. But yeah. I had to play it by myself, so I actually got uh, to play three different characters, and I didn't have to manage all the decks. That's I nice. I got to trade loot without having arguments over. But I really want this, even though yeah. it's not great for me. Which <laughs> was that? What was happening with your physical game group? Not so much. Cause, like a little bit. Oh yeah, because the I've been run. I've run two different campaigns. One's still kind of in the middle, but that's a long story. But the other one yeah. that we finished, there was never a problem with that because yeah. AJ games like we do. Yep. So it's literally okay. This is the optimal build for this. So I will carry this, and you carry that extra thing, so you can hand it to me as soon as you get it. For my group, it was more of a thing where half the table was like we should have a unified strategy uh-huh i was playing the sorcerer okay sure so my strategy was all about um scrying yep using augury and just finding the good things in a deck and then leaving yep. i leave a big pile of bad stuff behind and then somebody else who was good at solving those sort of things because we knew it was there could just go could in and do just it just go in and do it so yep. it became a very efficient way and then the healer was like, actually, I just want to be self-sufficient and not deal into, like, but that the party. And you're playing the healer? That doesn't help. Right? And we were the main problem we were having was not dying, but running out of time. Uh. Right? So there are several items that can add time back into the deck. Yeah, holy candle and, and stuff. And they're all religion-based. Yep. So we were like, okay, but can you take this? Like, we know it's one card that's not super optimal all the time, but for the party, this is really great. And the person was like, no, I don't want to do that. That doesn't help. No. So... We should also probably say Pathfinder the Adventure card game is a essentially an RPG done through game. cards. Yeah. Yes. No, it's, it's really great. Especially if you take the time to read the lore and stuff. Yeah. And what's really nice in the tablet version is that text just comes up. You don't got to search for it. It's oh, got nice. a nice calming soundtrack. Um, you can actually choose different dice colors to roll because you're rolling for stuff too. Of yep. course, it's Pathfinder. Yeah. Based on the RPG Pathfinder. Yeah. So Yeah, they take literal adventure tool sets from Pathfinder and translate them. Into a deck building card game. Yeah. And it's awesome. It is great. And it's great to play with people. And it's great to set up to meet with people on a regular basis. Yep. Um, if you have friends that love playing games, but it's hard to get them to come to play the game, play 
Pathfinder, the adventure card game. Yeah. Because if they are into it, which they probably will be if they like games, yep. and they like you, yeah. they will ask you when's the next time that you can meet up for it. Or when's the next pack. Yeah. Because I was still... When I was playing Rise of the Rune Lords, the final pack wasn't out yet. Mm-hmm. So it was literally like, okay, well, when's the next pack? Then we will book a day, and yeah. we will just play that final pack yeah. together. Like, that sounds awesome. It is essentially a legacy game that is not a legacy game. Yep. It is replayable. It is so fun. Yeah. And there are, you know what? the characters are great for different play styles. Yep, exactly. I've... What am I playing now? I'm playing Paladin now and Rogue, yeah, essentially. Yeah. And they feel completely different. They do. Uh, my two personal favorites are Sorcerer and Barbarian. Oh, yeah. But I'm also a big fan of the Druid. Yep. I have a Paladin-Druid story going. Oh, yeah. And that, it's really nicely balanced. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, it can feel a little cost-prohibitive yeah. if you're looking to get the whole thing. Well, the, if you're looking to get the whole thing... The tablet version is actually much cheaper. But if you're wanting a group, yeah, well, I think you, you can f- pass and play with the tablet. You could, yeah. So if you're if you're looking to play for a group and it's cost prohibitive, I say go with the tablet version. Yeah, but it, if you don't have to worry about if cost isn't an issue, get the box. Get the box. It's great. It's yeah. a great set. It really is. It's and you know what the box they designed it really well. It's made to be expandable. Yep. So when you pick up that next adventure pack... And the adventure packs are not expensive individually. No. So if you're doing this once a month, you're just like, once a month I will buy a pack. Yep. After you've got that base set, it's like $18. And you know what? Because it's separate pieces, you can be like, hey, player X, can you pick up the next pack? Yeah. And then it spreads out the cost. Yep. It's so worth it. I have been eyeing the Skulls and Shackles base set, which is there's... If you we get were, it... We were talking Rise of the Rune Lords. Yeah. just going to stick with this just yeah. to make sure that we're clear for yeah. listeners. If you get... If you're wanting Pathfinder the Adventure card game, I suggest starting with Rise of the Rune Lords. That is the first set. It is awesome. Yeah. There are... There's a new set, and then there's the third sets in process now. Yeah. And they're taking different stories, and Skulls and Shackles is Pirate Pathfinder. Yeah. And I've been eyeing it for a little while going, you get I it, need to I will that. play it with you. Kate. <laughs> <laughs> One day you're going to get a phone call and it'll be like, I got another gravity feed and skulls and shackles. <laughs> and I'll be like, let me book my weekend. <laughs> <laughs> and we were never seen again. <laughs> yeah. Girlfriends are like, where did they go? Don't they live here? <laughs> Just a mound of cards. <laughs> cards and wrappers. Yep. Uh, so that's the, both yeah. of our. That's number both fours. our number fours. Did not plan that. Did not plan that. Did not plan that. But that's just that's how good this game is. It is. It's it's really good, and it hits a lot of different sweet spots in terms of type of player. Yep. Yeah. Number three. Now I just want to play Pathfinder. Too. <laughs> yeah. I'm just like uh. I just want to. I knew as soon as we talked about this, I was like, I want to play all the games. Yep. Anyway, number three. Number three. Uh, my number three is again. I I feel like a lesser known game in game boredom, and that's Gloom. Ah, uh, Gloom. Yeah. Uh, so before I tell you how to play Gloom, let me tell you the pres the premise of Gloom. Okay. Gloom is a game where you choose a family of misfits. Yep. The goal of the game is for you to make your family of misfits as miserable as possible and then kill them. Yep. <laughs> you win by being sad. Yeah. Um, 
And that, that sounds like it'd be a really downer game, but it's actually super fun. Yeah. Uh, the way you play the game is you have your family out and you have a hand of cards. And the cards uh, are, no, are a number of cards. They're modifier cards, event cards, yep. and I think attack cards, basically. Yeah, essentially attack cards. Yeah. Um, basically, they're happiness cards. They're happiness cards, um, which I will get to in a second. Yep. But uh, they have really clever names, um, like... Bedazzled by bats. Yep. Uh, and the way you play a card is you'll be like, Dr. Kilgar, who was trapped in the form of a teddy bear, was searching around his underground lair for his stun ray, and he fell down a chasm. And in that chasm was a colony of bats, and they swooped all around him, disorienting, and thus he was befuddled by bats. And once you've said the title of the card, you can place it down and you create this living story about what has happened to your character. And everyone is going around telling stories about their family, and also they can play the happiness cards we mentioned on yeah. your family. Which is a great time, because yeah. the happiness cards are so mundane. Yeah. They're so... They're such simple things, but your characters have these horrible lives. Yeah. You'll be like, you were elected a member of the PA board... Congratulations. And that makes you, like, neutral, yeah, which is the worst. Yeah. Um, and then, oh, there's death cards yeah. as well. And there are actually a few cards that will resurrect dead creatures. Yep. Uh, well, dead characters. And uh, it's a great game because, one, people have fun just telling the stories. As long as everyone buys in. Yeah. You need the right group who yeah. is willing to story tell. Yeah. Because without it, it becomes very mechanical. It does become mechanical and very dull. Yes. Um, but uh, people are having fun telling the stories. There's a h level of high strategy going on. Yeah. And at the same time, you ha really have to be paying attention to what other people are doing. Because if you can't think of how a card interacts with their story, you can play it. But it's not as fun. No. Plus, if you're not paying attention to other people, their family can get super sad yep. super fast. Super and then fast. they'll start killing them off. Yeah. And they're almost impossible to beat. Yeah. Yeah, and it, and it is about, like, I will be honest, usually in a game I play, I sacrifice one of my family to happiness. Oh, wow. Because it just doesn't make sense to try and get the full suite. It's true. You see what who people are like, because people will listen to your stories, and they'll, like, depending on how you storytell, even They're... without the modifiers on the cards, they'll attack that character, because the way you described it was intriguing, or... They'll get attached to the character you're describing, and yeah. then they'll start... That's the one they'll clue in on. Right, so yeah. if you have a character that people are piling on on, that's actually good for you, because that means Very you much. can get better modifiers on your other family members and kill them. Yep. The only thing I can say for anyone who is playing Gloom for the first time is if you're playing a four-player game, take a family member out. Yeah. Five is too many, because it's a standard family I, you know, set I of would, five. I would say play with three family members even. You could, yeah. I, th um, I, I found four is comfortable. Yeah. But don't play with five. And it, it can if, if Gloom starts to drag, yeah. you got a problem. Yep. Uh, also, there are expansions. Yep. With different event cards and extra families. Yeah. Um, and they're all, you know what, the families are pretty hilarious. Yeah. The the art is really great. It's Tim Burton-y, It is Tim Burton-y. And all the cards are actually translucent, so when you play cards, you can still see what's underneath them. You see the story stack? Yep. And once you play it enough, it starts to get cloudy, so the stuff that's further back is like a distant memory. Yeah. It's it's cool. It's great. It's It's really good design, and it's, again, a game, I think, I love mechanical bits. 
Yeah. But so many people don't. And it's it's a game that you can be like, hey, there's two decks. You choose a family, and we just go. Yep. Um, and and that can be really great. It's the storytelling is intimidating for some people. It can, but be. it's a draw to other people. Yeah. <laughs> play with theater, folks. Yeah. It's a good time. Play, play with theater, folks, or you know, somebody has paralysis, like decision paralysis, all the time. Yeah. Gloom is a great game. Very very good. Because really, it doesn't matter what card you play. They'll have fun telling the story. Yep. And this... it'll, it'll get them around their paralysis. Oh, easily. Yeah. This would have been probably an honorable mention if I hadn't attached the iPad thing to my honorable mentions. This yeah. was shortlisted for me, for yeah. sure. Yeah, no, I, I, I it. love Gloom. I only have base Gloom, though. I yeah. haven't played any of the expansions yet. <laughs> the expansions, they, like, they don't add a lot mechanically. There's a little bit more. Like, one of them adds a house. Oh, okay. So you can put things on the house as well. Um, that sounds fun. Yeah, so you, it, it does add a little bit, but really that's the core mechanic of the game, and you can play those family, like the new family without a house. The new family is pretty great, though, the one I saw. Okay, Yeah. cool. It was very gothic, but like American gothic, not, not like, <laughs> yeah, it was great. Okay. Number three for you. Legendary, a Marvel oh, yeah. deck building game. Yep. This is my deck builder that gets rid of the repetitive nature because once you have as many expansions as I have, which is all but one of them, yeah. you have so many heroes and so many villains and so many different things that no game ever feels the same. Yeah, I have the villains version, Yep, and I find that it's a little too heavily skewed towards the game. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Uh, the so I don't know if that's in the heroic version as well. It's not. Yeah. No, it's it's much better balanced. I find villains is the same, but mm. I also have the villain set, and I just fold it into the main one. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes, because that's a lot of separating of cards afterwards. Yeah. Uh, it's a deck builder where there's a super villain who has a scheme, and the scheme basically sets your rules for that game. Yep. Then you build a deck filled with henchmen, and you pick five. Four to six heroes, usually mm-hmm. five, but four to six heroes, depending on the number of players and that sort yep. of thing. And then you're deck building, so it runs like a deck builder. You're buying heroes to fight and heroes to help you recruit other heroes. And it's really fun when you just lean into whatever heroes or villains are out there. Yep. Like, it's great. There's not a lot of cross-synergy between the decks, at least in the villain, villains game. In, the, in mine, there definitely is. There definitely is, yeah. I find... In the villains game, you generally want to stick to one or two. And there's a take that kind of feel to it, yeah. and you need to kind of layer it. Whereas with the base, like, Marvel Legendary game, yeah. it's, like, I have the Fantastic Four set. So if you get all four of the Fantastic Four and you're fighting Doctor Doom, everything is synergistic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it all works together. So that makes, that makes sense. But no, it's that is my favorite deck builder. I love it. We I am, should play the heroic version sometime, because we haven't played it together. True, and it would be. I, I feel like it would be fun, and I'm. I've kind of been turned off of the villain one. It's fun to play by yourself. Yes, very much so. But that's usually actually what I yeah. use my hero vanilla for. Yeah, the it's it's pretty balanced for two player. I yep. found, but once you got into the three or four player games, it just it it becomes too complex too fast. You cannot build your deck fast enough to deal with it. And it has a little bit of a take that feel to it. Yeah. Which is unnecessary for Legendary. Mm-hmm. I am also eyeing 
my game wish list is slowly getting bigger and bigger <laughs> uh, because there's an alien one. Ooh. And I'm like, ooh. And you love alien. Love alien. Yeah. Not aliens, though. <laughs> yeah? I'm just kidding. I just... <laughs> Well, it's essentially, it's the stories are the movies. Yeah. Oh, cool. And there's also a Predator set, ah. so you can do AVP. Yeah. Tempted. But yes, Marvel, a legendary deck building. Were you the person that I showed the mini Arnold Schwarzenegger musicals to? Yes. Yes, yes I love you those. Were. Complete sidebar from this list that Great. we have been really on top of. We've done very well today. Um, look up Arnold Schwarzenegger musicals. There's one for Predator. I believe it's titled If It Bleeds, You Can Kill It. I think that's right, yeah. I think that's it. Um, There's one for Batman and Robin, (laughs) and it's titled Batman, You Son of a Bitch. Um, (laughs) And it's, it's, they're short. There's four to seven minutes, but they are good, clean fun. Yeah. They are good, clean fun. They're very enjoyable. Yeah. I also recommend them. Yeah. But yeah, as far as deck builders go, I also, if you can't tell, based on my list, listeners, I am a theme person. There's no dominions. There's no themeless kind of weird. Yeah, well, I don't mind dominion. I feel like those, add intrigue. Those, okay, yeah, those, those sure. games are interesting, but I feel like I engage better when there's a clear theme. Yep. Just plain and simple. Like your number two game. Uh uh-uh. uh. No? Nope. Not like my number two game. There's no theme in it? Nope. Because my number two game is Backgammon. <laughs> that No, I can't even help you with that. <laughs> nope. Here's here's the thing. Um Backgammon for me is really nostalgic. Sure. Um it is sort of the first is the first game I was really taught to play and became good at. Okay. Um it is very, very simple. Yes. But there are innumerable setups. Oh, yeah. Um, so you can really play... You can find your favorite setup. You can change up the setups every single time. Um, you can be really risk-adverse. You can be really, like, high-risk. Yep. Um, it is a luck-based dice game. I yep. love rolling dice. And it But also, you can mitigate the luck. You can. And that's what makes it more interesting than your standard luck fest. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and... It's it feels really great when you're just holding back like that one that one guy and you've blocked off almost the entire other person's entrance. Yep. And they leave one open and you take it and you send it all the way back to the beginning, that is the best feeling. Yeah. Um <laughs> for such a simple game, the emotion it elicits, I think is great. And I I'm also like I love the board game renaissance we're in. Don't yeah. get me wrong. But Games like like cribbage, like yep. backgammon, that are simple and they don't need a theme, no, because you you just focus on the game, abstracts. Um, and well, there's a reason why it's such an old game, and that we still play it, and that we still play it, and yep. there are still tournaments where people can make a living off of being really good at backgammon. Yep, like if if you have not if you really love board games. You really love two-person competitive board games, and you have not played backgammon. Go play backgammon. Yeah, you you could literally play it online. Yeah, there it, are so many flash versions. You can play it with poker chips. You can play yep. it like it's such a simple rule set. You could draw out the board on paper. 
Yeah, you could. It's great. Yeah. And if you're thinking of designing any games, it's a great game to look at because its design is super efficient, super fun, and super intriguing. I think that's the nice thing about abstracts and abstract strategy games is because those are, and that is the exception to the rule where like, I know I don't have any on my list, but yeah. I do enjoy stuff like Backgammon Go. Yep. I'll even play Mahjong. Like, it's a little sure. too complex for me, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just, there are those abstract yeah. Yinch, the whole GIF series now mm-hmm. with Yinches and GIF and Devon and eh, a pile yep. of just simple down to the mechanics, this is what you do, figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't played backgammon in a long time. What is your number two, Sean? <laughs> Trying to get us back on track? Sure. Sort of? Sort of. I was just, I've said everything I wanted to about backgammon. Ah, fair enough. Yeah. It's super easy to find. It is. It's find it. very common. You can get travel sets even. Magnetic travel sets are great. You know it's not easy to find? What? 1960, The Making of a President. Oh, I've never even heard of that game. Please tell me more. You're joking, yeah. No, I'm not. You've played it with me. Oh, oh, you're right. I have. <laughs> I've Sorry, I was thinking Twilight Struggle. Ah, no. I prefer 1960 because I'm a politics guy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, it is a two-person run the 1960 presidential election with this is as educational as my games get because all of the cards, and it's all card-based gameplay, all of the cards are based on actual historical events. They're headlines from newspapers, right? Yes, and they take actual photos from the newspapers, and that's the art on the card. And the map is just a map of the United States, and one side's got Nixon buttons and brochures, the other side's got JFK buttons and brochures, and you're running the election. Yeah, against another player. Yep. Um, I will say this, it did take a while for me to get this game. Yes. To understand it and, and keep up with the, the strategy of it. So probably yep. the first time you play this game with somebody... It's going to be a learning experience. It will. It always is. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. Mm-mm. But what's nice about it is it never feels out of hand. Mm-hmm. Even in the first game, it will be close, and then all of a sudden there'll be... Because you are playing a strategic level, you have to play three or four different games at once. Yep. And until you grok that, if you miss one and the other player doesn't... Yeah. Oof. You're behind. Yeah. You're behind. But... It's complex. I love it. I've played it a bunch. Yeah. Well, I remember when, when I first started coming over to play board games, that was one of the first ones I think you were like, we should play this. Yep. You might not like it, but we should play it. Yep. Because it is. It's a yeah. very different type of game. There's not a lot of games like it either, yeah. and I very much appreciate it. Yeah, it's it's tough to get variety. Actually, making this list, there's a couple on here that I was like, I feel like this occupies the same sort of space. Yeah. Um. And actually, there's a couple that I crossed off that are completely different in genre, too. So yeah. if if you play a lot of video games and you kind of get bored by the same old formula of video games, because it's, other than indie stuff, it's really hard to find variety. Different? Yeah. yeah. Um, check out the world of board games. Yep. Because you will find a lot of variety. Tons. Yeah. Want to play a game about quilts? You can do that. Patchwork. Yep. It's a top 50 game. BoardGameGeek.com. It's pretty good. But yeah, 1960, Making the President. If you are into politics and you like history, it's a game, it's mechanically a game that you should check out. Yeah, this is a, it also sort of falls into the stock ticker category 
where it's a game where you can make somebody who's not into board games play that game. Yep. And they'll enjoy it. They'll be interested in it. They'll be engaged. Yeah. They might ask to play it again. They very well could. Yep. Number ones. Number one. Uh, my number one is Small World. Okay. I really love Small World. That's... It checks a lot of my boxes. Yeah. It's uh, light strategy. Yep. Easy to play. Difficult to master. Super easy to teach. Super easy to teach. Chance-based, but not luck-based. Yep. Uh, it's got great art. Yeah, it really does. Um, thematically, it's great. Yeah. It's not a kill-your-whole-day game. Nope. But it's got enough beef to it that you can just play it once and be done, or you can play multiple times in a day and never have the same experience. Scales beautifully. Scales, Two to five, no problem. beautifully. Um... And also just, you can never tell who's winning. Nope. It's impossible. You can get an inkling. Yeah, you, you can be like, this person's doing well. But then everybody attacks that person. Yeah. So... Here's the thing, I, play, I played regularly with a, a guy for a number of years whose favorite strategy is denial. Okay. His favorite strategy is denial and just removal. He likes taking away other players' options. Right. Which is my least favorite thing to do understandable um he did not want to play small world because he would try to do that and it would just expose him somewhere else yeah uh which is what's great about small world there's no way to turtle which is such a problem in a lot of combat games well, there like is, light strategy there combat is games. one way to turtle and yes. that is if you get trolls and they are spirit trolls yep spirit trolls will let you turtle Yep, like that um, one game we played once. Yep. It's just like, I see spirit trolls. I'm just going to pay and take that now. Yep. <laughs> um, I've also had werewolf giants. It's Oof. the only time I almost took over the whole board in a turn. Oof. Yeah. Um, there are expansions. Yep. There's a small world underworld. You don't have to use the underworld map. All the races work with the base game. Okay. Um, and they're great to play all all you basically you have two different modifiers a race and a adjective yep they come together that's what you play you can re retire them at any time to pick a new one yep uh it feels fast paced even though it can take an hour plus oh yeah uh it's great yeah it's great and it's another game it's a game where somebody who used to play risk you'll be like it's sort of like risk and they'll be like oh i don't want to play it. and then you'll be, then you'll be like but it's fast Yep. It's fast, it's not slow when you can't fall behind indefinitely. Yeah. Because doing poorly actually puts you in an advantage in the beginning. Yep, it sure does. Yeah. And it can get super swingy, but not in a bad way. Not in a bad way. You never feel like you're out of it. No. It's it's a game where, literally, even if I lose, I've had a great time every time. Yep. I've never not liked a small... This was, this was shortlisted for me as well. Yeah. I just... It's a great game. I just haven't played it as much, which is, which is why I think it's fallen down mm -hmm. a little bit. Because I haven't, I think I've played a game or two in the last couple of years. Yeah. So I haven't played in a year or two either. But uh, I've actually several times been like, I know it's an app. I know I can get it for tablet, and I'm so tempted to. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so tempted to. A lot of times I've looked at it and then been like, no. This is a black hole. I will just never stop playing Small World. I will just World. never stop playing Small World. I will go to bus stops and be like, hey, I want to play Small World. Will you wait for your bus? <laughs> I'll take the bus with you. <laughs> Where are you going? When you're friends, it right? doesn't even matter. <laughs> I'll just go there too. Let's go. I have the day off. It's fine. 
<laughs> Go away, you crazy hobo man. How do you have a tablet? Well, don't dress like a hobo. I No, I'll just We're sell my house and car. <laughs> and only play Small World, Sean. <laughs> that seems like a terrible idea. That's why I don't buy it. Okay. That one's not too hard to find. It's not. It's fairly common. Yeah, and you can play... You don't need the expansions. I you still don't. just have vanilla, yep. and it's pretty and great. It's super replayable. Yeah. Great. It's a well-designed game. Yes, it really is. Yeah. All right, Sean, hit me with your number one. I bet you already know what it is, because it hasn't showed up on the list is yet. Is it Battlecon? It's definitely <laughs> Battlecon. <laughs> I specifically didn't put that on my list, because I knew it would be on yours. <laughs> would it have made your list? Um... I would have written it down on my, my sheet. Shortlisted? Yeah. Yeah. It, it's quite enjoyable. Yeah. Battlecon Devastation of Indines is... It is Street Fighter in a box, but so much more. Yes. There are 30 characters in the base game, and I only have Devastation. There's also War, which is another 30 characters, and there's also expansions for it. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. I only have base. <laughs> oh, no. This is vanilla. <laughs> Different flights, different difficulties. It's all card-based. It's super fast and easy to teach. Once somebody has played a single round, they've usually gotten everything they need. Mm -hmm. Maybe one more round. You can play matches. Yep. You can play campaigns. There's a dungeon crawl campaign Mm -hmm. built into the game where you just take one of the fighters and you go fight against pre-programmed monsters. Yep. There's boss rush. So it's a one versus many. Yep. Where somebody's running a giant behemoth and everybody else is trying to fight them. Yep. There's also tag team fights. Yep. This is a game you can play with any number of players with any type of game. You can be cooperative, you can be competitive, you can be team cooperative, you can yep. be uh, team competitive. Yeah. Yeah, it's just this... There is so much game in that box and it was cheaper than it should be. Like, it... It costs less than Pathfinder. It costs less than the base game for Marvel Legendary. Yep. It just... There is so much in it. It's cool artwork. It's very cool artwork. Every character plays incredibly different. Yeah. I've played... One of my favorite characters is Karen and Jaeger. Uh, She is kind of a weird goth pixie chick who has a a leprechaun hat-wearing werewolf pal. I've also played a um, heavy metal musician who summons zombies with his magic guitar. Yep. Playing an old man in one of the campaigns that we're playing right now. Yeah. An old man who literally shifts realities that we're fighting in to give bonuses to the party. Yep. It's great. Yeah. I've played a Samus ripoff. Yep. I've played a ninja. (laughs) Yep. Basically, I look at the art and I'm like, that character looks cool. (laughs) Yet to have a bad time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I've... I randomly came across that game. It was a contest on BGG that they were giving away free copies. That's Board Game Geek for people that don't know. Yep. They were giving away a few free copies if you did a quiz based on learning the game. So I went through the rule set and I was like, man, this is awesome. So then I didn't win the contest and I immediately pre-ordered it from the only website in Canada that was selling a copy. Yeah. This ain't going to be easy to find. No, but it's if you have a chance, pick it up. Yeah. Pick it up, like, even if it's not your sort of thing, there's someone in your group of friends, if you like board games, that will love this game, and they'll happily pick it up from you after playing it for a couple times. Yep. The fighting, the campaigning, the yep. boss rushes, anything. And you know what? All it's another it game you can play solo. You can play solo, you can play two, you can yep. play four. Yeah. It's great. 
Love that game. Cool. Do we want to say anything else? Any other honorable mentions that came up? I'm I'm okay. I mean, I we've been talking for almost an hour and a half. Okay. I'm not that stressed about it, <laughs> but I could literally keep talking about board games for another hour and a half. Oh, uh, yeah. We'll save that for another day. <laughs> yeah, so Chris, if you want us to do this again, or yeah. anybody else wants a different board gamey thing. Or if you want us to look at a specific genre, well, you'll I'll notice that, that you'll you'll notice that we did not say any betrayal games. Nope. We did not say any Arkham type games. Euro. We yeah. are not very Euro heavy. Nope. There's lots of stuff out there. We never mentioned terraforming Mars. No. <laughs> Terra Mystica. Nah. Uh, yeah. So we're we're not we're these are our personal favorites. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff out there. But I could easily do top ten lists on most of what Jeremy just said. Yep. So I mean, I might be a little sparse on some, but I'll get there. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Worst case scenario, we take a weekend and we play a couple things first. Exactly. <laughs> that sounds like a horrible de- idea. <laughs> uh, well. I guess that's it then. You, Mr. and Mrs. Internet, are the lifeblood of our podcast. We want to answer your questions or just have a good old chat. You want to talk to us on Twitter? I can be found at, at MightyFuse. Sean is at Sean Cord. That's Sean with you. And we are at Guys From Podcast. Email us at guysfrompodcast at gmail.com and Facebook us at the Guys From. Yeah. If you enjoy the guys from podcast, tell anyone you can any way you can. And the best thing you can do to help us get the word out is to leave a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts. Still getting used to saying Apple Podcasts, and I've been saying it for months. But it was iTunes forever, and now got to change it because it's kids like apples. <laughs> we are available pretty much everywhere podcasts are found, including Player FM, Two Thumbs Up Media, Podbean, Pocket Cast, Stitcher, and the Blueberry app. Hey, Jeremy, is there anything you wanted to plug? Sure. I'm still doing my podcast in Third Space with Kevin Ooh. Weir. Uh, Sean actually, a couple weeks ago, did his guest spot. Uh, that was actually, I was going to pitch that as well, so yes. Yeah, it was a great time. Uh, I think we'd love to have Sean on again. I would <laughs> be glad to be back. <laughs> Should scheduling <laughs> work out? See you next year. See you next <laughs> year. Talk about ghosts again. Yeah. Um... Yeah, it's actually it's coming up to our 52nd episode, so our one-year anniversary. Yeah. Which uh, I'm going to give everybody here a sneak peek. Comes out this Sunday. I don't know. when's your Yours comes out Friday, right? Uh, this one is going to come out July 7th. So next week. Yes. So when this comes out, the week before is our year, and it's actually... Um, gonna be a mixture of our bloopers and our best bits oh, cool. for the entire year. So uh, if joining a podcast midway seems like too much for you, this is gonna be a great one to jump in and see our horrible mistakes and our great <laughs> triumphs. Um, I think I think Kevin is is trying to put together mostly bloopers. Okay, but um, he, uh, we have talked about doing sort of like a buzz buzz reel of best of and. Um, yeah, it's a nerdy podcast. Yep. Talk about basically different realities uh, that could be mixed with the real world. So, for example, the episode that I was on, I brought the topic of what if, if you said the name three times, like in Beetlejuice, 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 somebody appeared. Yeah, you summoned a person. And that happened in real life. So we <laughs> talked about that for an hour, by yeah. which I mean we mostly talked about ghost economies. Yeah, ghost economies. <laughs> and, and trucks. And corporations. And trucks. Um, so if that's interesting you uh, to you, please check it out. Or please check out another podcast. Uh, I think podcasts are great. I think there's a wide variety of stuff out there for different interests. And I just want more people to listen to them. Yep. Um, 
And uh, yeah, tell your tell your friends about them too. Don't hide in your geeky corner. Spread the geek. Spread the love. <laughs> On our website, www.theguysfrom.com, aside from hosting this dice-filled podcast, we also write articles on things like music. That's indie music every weekday. Throwback tracks every Thursday, occasionally movies, some gaming stuff. I talked about the SNES Classic Mini, The Simpsons, you name it. We probably write about it. Head to iHorror.com for all of your horror news, interview, and review needs. And as I was going to just talk about the third space as well, uh, I suggest having a sandwich. Oh, yeah. Should have a sandwich. Good sandwich. I had a good pizza sub today. I had a good Monte Cristo. See? Yeah. Support your sandwich. <laughs> Special thanks to The Sweets for our opening music. Check them out at wearethesweets.com. And also to Kevin McLeod for our ad music, Minstrel Guild. And our takeout music called Fearless First. This has been episode 175 of the Guys From Podcast. A weirdly round number that's not round. Thanks for listening. Once again, I'm Sean. And I'm Jeremy. Have a great week, everybody. The Guys From Podcast is brought to you in part by those little bits of flash that you're always trying to get off of the your your standees, but you just can't seem to get off, so then you need to get an X-Acto knife. Mm. And you're like, well, I don't want to nick the actual standee, and that seems like a terrible idea. Well, they're paying for ad space now. <laughs> because I have the the main mic to my yeah face yeah <laughs> mic to face Sean, face mic Sean has mic to face mic to face action and there's our ending <laughs> you record all that <laughs>